Hello and very welcome back to. That doesn't work. Um, well, have a big f- welcome back to another episode of Boys Gone Wild, episode fifteen. It's the end of week three. It's raining outside. It's very melancholic weather. Um, I um, yeah, it's just feeling very. It's that kind of very wistful weather when you look out the window. And it just seems very mellow. Uh, I've been, after these episodes, because my mind's racing, because I edit quite late, I've been having a teeny little bit of... Uh, Marijuana. Why drink and drive? And then you can smoke and fly. Then I've been watching like Twitch streams of just people chatting late at night over lo-fi music. And it's absolute bliss. And I've, I'm wondering, would you guys at all be interested in me doing like a, a lo-fi stream where... I play lo-fi beats and then just quietly and gently talk and respond to messages. It just seemed to be quite a vibe. Because uh, when it, when I smoke a joint to, so it doesn't, you know, so my mum doesn't smell it, I smell it, do it, do it out my window. And I have my headphones on and I literally look like the thumbnail of lo-fi beats to chill and study to. Um, but uh, no, today's episode I was going to do on Jordan Peterson. I've been trying to... This whole week, I've been planning to do an episode on Jordan Peterson. And every day, 30 minutes before I sit down to do it, I decide to not do it. Because it's a topic I have a lot of thoughts on. And it's just, I just never quite feel in the mood to get it out. And I never feel I've done quite enough research. So I was meant to do it on the Monday of this week. Um, That's why yesterday was on Greg Wallace. Because... I decided to not do Jordan Peterson 20 minutes before I sat down. And I was like, who the fuck do I just have a take ready to go? Of course, Greg Wallace came to the rescue, as he always does. Um, but then today I was I was doing some research on Jordan Peterson. I was getting my thoughts together. Uh, and then I saw his daughter doing an update on his mental health. And it seems very grim what he's going through. And I, I don't agree with Jordan Peterson, but it just seemed... Just seemed a little bit harsh uh, doing a show, um, sort of ripping him, uh, when it does actually seem a lot more serious than I actually thought the uh, mental health crisis he's going through. Um, Just didn't really put me at the right uh, stage to be funny about it all. Um, So I hope Jordan Peterson gets better soon so I can finally go, Hey, I'm Jordan Peterson. And, um, well, I believe women are irrational beings naturally women are if we read uh if you look at the bible uh you can see that eve is a temptatious little whore and she's led adam from his driven goal of achieving what he wants so for all men you've got to be careful of women because they will try and drag you down okay and that's why you've got to pull you've got to pull away from all the women trying to grab at you. So I, I, I've got a lot on him, but I don't, just didn't feel right. So please get well soon, Jordan. Uh, I'd love to do an episode on you. Um, before I get into anything, uh, before I sat down, I uh, saw a hilariously cunty TikTok that I'd love to just go over right now. Um, what's funny about TikTok is I've never seen um, so 
many people standing. I've never seen some in this video. I've never seen someone stand at the front of a classroom and say shit so dumb. Like normally when you have an adult in front of the classroom, they very rarely are saying things this stupid. But it's an incredible clip. I'm going to play it now. The Bible, 5,000 year old book. Opens with the Bible. I love the way he opens with it. As if it's like, you ready for some fucking shit. The Bible. <laughs> Think about this, guys. The Bible is an interesting book. That's an that's a, that's a interesting comment, isn't it? The Bible is an interesting book. Wow. Mm, that's an interesting hot take. Whether you're religious or not religious, you should read it. Because it's 5,000 years of human history. Now, see, look, I agree with that. So that's a point that does make sense. Whether you're religious or not, you should read it. Because it's valuable um, for anyone because it's such an important book. Sure, what, what's his point gonna be? They already tried all the shit we're trying to do and they wrote down how it worked. Think about that. They already tried it. They already tried Sodom and Gomorrah, didn't work. I don't think we've tried, th those are made up stories. When did we, who's tried Sodom and Gomorrah? Okay. They already tried Tower of Babel, didn't work. Once again, it's a, not a real story. Who's trying Tower of Babel now? They already tried Garden of Eden. They tried all these things. And they wrote down what happened. Who's they? Tr who's trying these things? I don't think anyone's trying the Garden of Eden now. What? So whether you're a religious person or not, you can read that book and go, oh, so this is how it works. That's not true. You can read that book to learn more about Judeo-Christian tradition and culture, but you can't view it and say, oh, this is how it's, because if, if you're not religious, Fundamentally, you believe it's not how it works. This is interesting, guys. Does human nature change over 5,000 years? That's why Shakespeare is still good to read. Because your uncle will still murder you today. Once again, first point, good. Shakespeare is still interesting to read now. It's still relevant. Why is Hamlet still relevant now? Maybe because it's one of those complex portrayals of depression and teenage angst ever put on the stage but no this guy stefan aranio thinks that the reason why a play like hamlet is relevant now is because your uncle can still kill you today as if the takeaway from probably the most celebrated play in the history of human civilization is be careful your uncle might kill you <laughs> Oh, that is, that is, that really lifted me up a lot. Um, and the boy gone wild this week is going to be Ben Stokes, who's an absolute hero of mine. And for anyone who watched the 2019 World Cup final, uh, I wasn't a fan of cricket until I saw the World Cup final, which I watched because we were in the World Cup final, I thought I might as well. And it turned out to be the greatest sporting game I've ever seen. I still prefer football as a sport, but I've never seen a match that, um, has been as exciting as the England Cricket World Cup final. I hope this is going to be interesting to people who aren't cricket fans, um, as I wasn't. Um, because I, I find English English sports quite hilarious because we invented all of the major world sports, most of the major world sports, all their often adaptations from games that were invented here. Um, but then we end up not being anywhere as good as the countries we've colonised. Like, we bring these sports often over to countries that uh, fell under the rule of the British Empire, and then they just become way better than us. And I, I think it's because England can't just be the best at anything 
because it's such a part of her identity, this weird manufactured underdog status. Like if you look at our celebrated military victories, they're always like Agincourt or Battle of Britain. We never talk about the fact that we had the biggest empire in the entirety of human civilization. That's not relevant to our sort of view of ourselves. We love being seeing ourselves as being like far worse than everyone else but still winning you know like it, it's it's just interesting and that's why it's funny that we have the long traditions in all these sports in rugby in football in cricket we should be the best but we're not the best in any of them especially football we invented football we had 40 years ahead of everyone else and we just never adapted the game while well, we that's why we never do that well and like no country with as many people as us and this much passion does as badly as england football team Though I do find it funny how FIFA and people often try and uh, pretend that England didn't invent football because they hate the English so much and they're so bitter the fact that England invented football because our fans are such cunts. They, whenever you see like a FIFA conference, um, because all fe- sporting federations for some reason are invented by the French, it seems like English people invent the game, make the rules, and then French people make the bureaucracy that governs the game. I don't know why that, that seems to be the case, but UEFA, the Olympics, FIFA. Um, and Seb Platter, I remember him doing the speech when they were deciding the new World Cup and they were talking about the history of football. And they can never say that it started in England. They'll say the game was codified here, but then they'll, they'll always go on this weird, they'll make this weird point that it was like, and the game, the early stages of the games were found in china and sometimes in japan and in ancient mexico and it's like when you look at what they're talking about in china they'd like kick around their enemies heads or like roll a ball and kick it that's not football and that doesn't count it just infuriates me like i get we're i get it we're pricks and it's annoying that we invented football but we did invent a football so deal with it the fact that china used to fucking like lob a, a pig's penis at each other like two thousand years ago does not mean that they started football it's so funny to me that they're so bitter about the fact that they can't fully admit that England invented football. Like, yes, you came up with the, the rules and everything, but I've seen the cave painting of uh, some Japanese people kicking kicking a bush around. Like, But I want to talk about Ben Stokes. I'm going to talk specifically about the final over of the World Cup final. Um I'm going to delve into... There's a lot to talk about. I'm going to delve into the final nine balls of the World Cup final. Basically, we'd made it all the way to the final. And we're playing New Zealand, who aren't historically a great team. But still, even though we're playing at home uh, in a game we invented against a team who don't have a great history at the sport, we still have sometimes managed to do it, so we're about to lose. So the game of cricket, you need to score more than your opponents. Okay? There's... You, you try and bat and you try and get as many runs when people bowl the ball at you, okay? You hit it over the boundary, that's six. You hit it, so it rolls over the boundary, that's four. And then you, then if you hit it, it doesn't go over a boundary or roll over a boundary. You have to run from either wicket. That's why there's two batsmen. And however many times you both run to between each wicket, that's an extra run. Uh, we were at the stage uh, where we needed 22 runs from nine balls, which is very hard to think. The normal run rate for these is like one run a ball, maybe. So we need at least two runs a ball. And it was to come down to Ben Stokes, who earlier that year 
had uh, been dropped from the England cricket team because he smacked someone outside a nightclub. There's footage of it. He absolutely caned him. Um, so I'm going to cut now to Ben Stokes, who's been pl- batting incredibly. He's been the only thing keeping us in it, and we desperately need someone to step up. Slower ball. Now then. Now then. It's Trent Bolt again. Is this it? Is this it? Oh, he's thrown it. He's got it. He's got it. So he gets caught out. It should be all over. That's Ben Stokes out, our best chance. But then he steps on the boundary. He steps on the boundary, which is a rule. If you catch someone, you can't step on the boundary or else they're not out. So somehow Ben Stokes stays in. So now it's down to four balls and we need 15 from four balls. So we need to hit at least a few sixes or else we don't win the World Cup. Ben Stokes, under that amount of pressure, just smacked it for six. He hits it. That's not enough. That's not enough for six. And then, the most insane thing I've ever seen in any sport. As he jumps, it bounces off his outstretched bat and rolls for a four. That's the most insane thing I've ever seen in any sport ever. He hits it for two. So he's run one and he's hit another. He needs six. As they're trying to throw the ball to get him out, he dives through the air and his outstretched bat collides with the incoming ball it bounces off that ball and goes out for six so we get six points from a, a, a from uh, a ball that he should have only up two so now we go down one ball left in the whole world cup two runs to get he hits it he gets one we're now tied and he goes for the second it's not enough we get out so now the scores are tied I was losing my mind at this point. What do you mean the scores are tied? This never happens. Cricket scores, they're huge. So in the final, the scores are tied. And that means there's a super over, which is one more over to decide it all. So we get Ben Stokes up to bat again. And Ben Stokes slogs it for six, slogs it for four. He does a, he puts in a great showing. We get 15. New Zealand have to make 15 to win. New Zealand bat a lot better than we expected and it comes to the point where now New Zealand need two points from the final ball this is the final ball of the final over that happened after the final over so this is the very last ball of the entire World Cup I was watching this and I literally nearly shat myself I was so nervous so they need to get two runs from one ball two to win Gattel's going to push for two they've got to go it's got to throw it's got to go to the keeper's end He's got it! England have won the World Cup by the barest of margins! By the barest of all margins! I cried. It was the most intense experience, sporting experience I've ever had, and now I'm a huge football, a cricket fan. And I'm not even mentioning Stokes' heroics later that year in the Ashes, but I thought I'd do this as a little tribute to Ben Stokes because you've now got me into cricket as a lifetime fan, I feel. Um, and I just thought seeing him with his big tattooed arms, he's not a normal kind of idea of what... The cricketers are normally these very clean-cut posh boys, but he seems a bit rougher. He's got tattoos on his arms. He's smacking people outside nightclubs. And just under that amount of pressure where you need to 
deliver on every ball with some of the best bowlers in the world firing them at hundreds of miles an hour at you. I think of it all the time. Whenever I'm struggling with this podcast, I think, what would Ben Stokes do? Um, and then uh, when we won, they spoke to the captain and the news reporter said, you're now World Cup champions. And it's one of the funniest things ever. Four years ago, World Cup flops, bundled out in Adelaide. Four years later, World Cup champions. I posted that on my Facebook and the ICC banned me. It does copyright and they banned me from Facebook for four days. So like people were messaging me for gigs, like asking how I was and I couldn't respond to any messages or post at all on Facebook because I shared a video with, with them saying, uh, you're World Cup champions when you meant to say World Cup champions. Um, right, so that's my boy gone wild this week. Um, I have no idea how that's going to be. Uh, I understand it might only be cricket fans listening on now, but I was just trying to explain. I hope it was interesting to people who don't like cricket or people who don't understand the rules. I hope it came across what this man managed to achieve in the summer of 2019. And I watch these highlights often in the tough uh, moments of isolation, remembering a better time. Um this is now me done uh, until Monday. Stay uh, safe. Uh, stay strong. Uh, it will be over soon. Um, and yeah, message. Think over the weekend of things you might want to comment or message that you might want to see. Uh, and feel free to message on Instagram your thoughts on the podcast. I like developing this as we go along. So yeah, uh, Ben Stokes, you're my hero. Thank you. Strike.